Welcome to Drop the Hammer. I'm Ted Ryquist along with Ben Shuren. Ben, we got a lot to get into today. We're going to jump right in. I'll let you take it wherever you want to start with it, man. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, usually I don't like being wrong, but I'm glad I was wrong about my prediction on uh, the Atlanta race this past coming weekend because it was a pretty solid race. I really didn't think it uh i really didn't think it changed much uh, besides the speeds from what racing we've usually seen at atlanta so um but i was you know i was pleasantly surprised with the package uh this past weekend i know it's not a big representation of what we're going to see at uh, las vegas but i think it was a, a pretty strong showing uh for showing for that uh the tapered spacer package yeah i agree i i liked it as as well and if this is any indication of what's to come, I think maybe a lot of our, our fears were overblown. I'm, I can definitely handle racing like that, but like you said, we'll get a much better gauge here this Sunday at Las Vegas. Um, a couple you know, of things that really stood out to me was you know, some of the success that we saw some of the rookies have. You know, Even Ryan Priest, even though he ended up wrecking on pit row, he was running in the top seven until about 60 laps there. And, um, you know, we, we saw Hemrick run well. I mean, I I thought the rookies had a good day on Sunday. Yeah, they had a great day. Um, they were both up in the top 10 before they had problems. So they were really impressing me, um, especially Daniel Hemrick. Just all of speed weeks, weeks he just kind of looked lost. Like, he just didn't know what he was doing in a cup car. And that, I was kind of alarmed at what the progress he was making on speed weeks because it looked like he was going to just absolutely struggle this year. But... Um, good for Daniel Hemmick and, and Ryan Priest, especially you know being successful as a track at like Atlanta. You know, you hear that guys you know really aren't successful on that track until maybe five years down the road, just because how hard it is to manage the tires and that stuff. So definitely impressed me a lot with those guys. Yeah, and you know Chris Chris Busher had a big day, finishing ninth too. I mean that's a that's a nice top ten for JTG Jaw Tree and. You know, Chip Ganassi, even though Kyle Larson couldn't seal the deal, still was running up front. Kurt Busch running well. Those those couple of teams were probably some some of the winners of the day as well. Yeah, uh, Kurt Busch is my winner of the day, especially uh, how uh, you in the preview show, you kind of said, well, maybe that wasn't the best move for him to go to Chip Ganassi <laughs> race. He's, he's, pro- he's proven me wrong so far. He's looking pretty good so far. He is, you know, maybe it's just an, another thing. That's just with Kurt Busch, though, what he's done his whole career since he's moved on from Penske. He went to Phoenix Racing. He outran that equipment. He really put Furniture Row Racing on the map and made it what it was when Martin Truex Jr. had his success there. So maybe he goes to Chip Ganassi Racing and elevates that equipment and not only has a fine end to his career, but maybe he also elevates Kyle Larson, too, and um, speaking of Kyle Larson, that is my loser, actually. Yeah. Kyle Larson blowing another race. I mean, it's just been the story of his career. He's he's given away so many races. If he could win even half of the races he's given away, he might be cup champion somehow. So it's uh, just a, another week. And especially what also um, kind of makes him the, in my, the loser, in my opinion, was after the race, he kind of accused uh, Hendrick Motorsports of cheating. It's, but it was a pretty bold statement, especially the fact it was, that it was. It provides the, the engines for Chip Ganassi Racing. So it's like, what are you doing, Kyle Larson? It was one of those moments where he should just kind of bend Kyle Larson. You know, I, I like that he's showing personality, but at the same point, you know, don't accuse, don't uh, 
as your mom would say, don't uh, don't ever mock the hand that feeds you because they will. Uh, Hendrick can give and take away easily if uh, Kyle Larson continues uh, continues comments like that. Yeah, I I agree. I was equally as shocked when I saw what he said about uh, about Hendrick there about how they kind of you know play nice at the beginning of the season, give everyone the impression they follow the rules, and then they start cheating, pick up some speed. I was like, whoa, okay, Kyle. But I saw he tried to. He tried to walk it back a bit, but but I think some of the damage was done. You're right. That was that was a bold statement. And I want to drop it down to to the Xfinity series for a second and the, talk about the Renai two fifty. You know, it was dominated by Christopher Bell. But the guy I'm going for with as my winner, and a guy I've been a longtime fan of, even despite his limited success, is Bell's teammate, Jeffrey Earnhardt. Yeah, Jeffrey Earnhardt. I I didn't get a chance to watch much of the Xfinity race, but I heard he was having a very strong showing throughout the uh, weekend, and that's good for Jeffrey Earnhardt to continue to have success in that 18. I don't think, as much as people don't like Toyota and Joe Gibbs, I think people want Jeffrey Earnhardt's success to continue just because of all the you know the low budget, low funded teams he's gone through. It's the same thing with like guys like Ross Chastain. You like seeing those guys who just had to grind and absolutely work as hard as they can just to even scrape together a top 15 get these opportunities so uh, i'm i'm glad he's running well yeah and, and talking talking about Earnhardt a little more you know something we haven't discussed yet was how um the formation of xci racing the new joe gibbs satellite team though they're gonna run um two cup races this year and some xfinity some xfinity races all with jeffrey Earnhardt. so gives him an opportunity to get back in a cup car, at least for a couple races. And, you know, a new team with Joe Gibbs backing, you know, Joe Gibbs has historically done well with their satellite teams and ensuring their success. I mean, this could be a great opportunity for Jeffrey, and and I'm curious to see how it unfolds. Yeah, myself as well. Um, hopefully it can be kind of another furniture row, um, Levine family racing type deal where they uh, can run up front and uh, be successful in that. Yeah, and then, you know, let's let's get into uh, you know, Las Vegas this this Sunday. What are what are you looking for with the entire new the entire new rules package? We'll see who who are you looking for and what are you looking for. Well, actually, before we get into that, I actually want to kind of go into like a discussion of the week type thing because I think the big thing we missed about the Atlanta race is. Jimmy Johnson and the struggles of him the last three years at Atlanta. I mean, he basically owned that place. He won the previous two races in uh, in 2015 and 2016. He won back-to-back races. And the last two years, he's finished two laps down outside of the top 25. So, I mean, I- I'm curious to see what your, uh, what your opinion is on this. But I don't want to necessarily say his career is dying. But, like, it just seems like Jimmy Johnson the odd man out at Hendrick right now. And it's so odd because there's so many inexperienced drivers, you know, Chase Elliott's going into his fourth full-time year. He's not, he's gone around the circuit. You know, he, he knows how to run places, but there there's teaching moments. He still has every week, you know, William Byron being a second year driver, Alex Bowman. He's right. Even though he's had two full-time years before coming to Hendrick, he's still practically a second year guy in the type of equipment he had. And Jimmy Johnson just keeps getting outrun by these guys every week. I'm I'm curious to see what your opinion is on this, Ted. Yeah, you know, 
Jimmy Johnson, it is. It's an, he's at an interesting point right now. I think a point where he's kind of searching for answers because you're right. It's over the last few years, it's been right about 60 races since he won a points race, the longest drought of his career. So I think he's probably a little bit questioning a lot of things he's always done. But at the same time, this is a guy that's a seven-time champion and one of the best drivers of our generation. So I'm not pressing the panic button yet. And he's still with a great team, you know, breaking in a new a new crew chief this year. That's going to take a little bit of time. So I still think he'll he'll figure it out. Hopefully we'll see him win a race. I think we'll see him bounce back here at Las Vegas. And I'm I'm not too worried about it yet, although I definitely hear what you're saying. The there are some concerning signs, but as of now, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it it, it is definitely different now with the new package. Yeah, um, it definitely. Just the, the stats are alarming. I mean, he just thought since 2017, which is kind of when his decline maybe started or his uh, drought started. Uh, it, it speedways has been have been his worst. He's in tracks uh, one to two miles. He's had a 17 uh, 17 place finish uh on average that's since 2017 and then last year he had a 19th average place finish so it's it's definitely interesting i think um you know you, you don't want to declare jimmy johnson dead because he's such an incredible driver and he's so good at what he does but yeah i i don't know i'm i'm in the opinion where i think the alarms need to start going off after this past weekend because i mean Atlanta's that track that he's always been so good at, and I mean he was just flat out terrible this past weekend. So, yeah, um, it, it wasn't it wasn't a good look for him. But how how about Brad Keselowski though? I mean there was it was a race day decision whether he'd even be in the car, you know, with a reported stomach virus, and not only was he able to get in the car and go the distance, he just just happens to win the thing. I mean, Brad Keselowski, it just seems like he drives better when he's either sick or injured. So, I mean, the guy, the guy when he broke his ankle, had a career uh, absolutely turnaround of his career and became a continual threat for championships. And now he won the race after basically getting no car time all weekend. So that was pretty impressive for me. And Brad's one of those guys that really you just go anywhere and you can expect him to be up front this weekend going to las vegas uh he's he's won uh two of the past three years he's won a race at vegas and the year he didn't win in 2017 he had the race won until he broke something in his uh i think it was in his rear suspension so um, i'm actually gonna go ahead um we're kind of skipping forward but my race winner and my pick him this weekend i'm gonna go brad keselowski because he is a stud at las vegas and if there's one track i can count on him to win at it's gonna be vegas Okay, yeah, I, I like pointing out whenever we talk about him, Rochester Hills, Michigan native, Brad Keselowski, too. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's back home. <laughs> and kind of to continue what we were joking about a bit earlier, my race winner this weekend, I'm actually going with, with the hometown boy. I'm going with Kurt Busch. Hey, there you go. That's an interesting one. I'm a... Uh... This, this is going to be, obviously, another one of those weekends where we're not going to know what's going to happen with this whole, with the tapered spacer package. Um, just to kind of preview, we're going to have 550 horsepower just like last weekend at Atlanta. Uh, but there will be aero ducts on the cars. So that means that we'll probably see more of um, 
more of the pack racing, pack style racing, kind of like what we see at Daytona almost. Um, I don't know if you if you watch the testing at Las Vegas, you saw it was very close quartered racing, and you know guys are going to need help from other guys to make moves. So um, I don't know what's your take on this racing, Ted. I'm not from the from the testing. I couldn't really get a, a good benchmark. I I think it might be an interesting race to watch on Sunday. Yeah, my my takeaway from the the January testing at at Las Vegas was you're right there. You know the reducing horsepower and increasing the downforce they're definitely aiming for more pack racing and i think they're going to get that i think it will be tighter more pack racing but what i thought it made it more difficult to do was really gain some speed and and make a pass on the leader it it seemed like it just it's going to keep the cars closer together but it's difficult to really make that move when you want to so i'm a little worried it might take away some of the excitement in that but at the same time you know closer racing is what they want yeah um and we even saw that problem happening uh in atlanta that it is pretty difficult to pass the leader um but uh i'm curious to see who do you got for your eliminator pick this week i've got the guy you went with to open the season i'm going with michael mcdowell this week as my eliminator there we go i hey i I like him man he's uh he's always just there i know he's not a driver favorite but he does just a good good job every week of taking care of his stuff. You don't see him spinning out on his own. You know, he gets out of the way for people. I like McDowell. To kind of recap, we're uh, we're kind of almost – we're just about even. Uh, I believe Ted has the uh, – will have the uh, lead in the Eliminator standings. Last week he had Clint Boyer, which placed fifth, and I had Ricky Stenhouse, who – as well, he started uh, started off pretty good, but ended up sliding back to fit 18th at the end. So, right now, uh, right now it looks like Ted will have the lead. I don't have an official calculation, but uh, due to the fact that we both have fifth place finishes and Ted's got 16th place and I got 18th, uh, he's yeah. gonna be ahead. A slight, so be- slightly, it's slightly, slightly, slightly. So your mission was accomplished from this past week uh, to kind of even things up, but. It'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting race weekend. Uh, there's so many. This Las Vegas race weekend, I'm liking what they're doing. They have a, they have races going on all week. I don't know if you've been following around, but um, the dirt track, I believe it's going to be, I believe, tomorrow night and uh, Thursday night. Tomorrow night, as in Thursday night, and uh, tonight where we're podcasting uh, on Wednesday, they're having events at the dirt track. They're having World of Outlaws, Sprint Cars, and the uh, – NASCAR Green and Pro Series West uh, run on the dirt track. Then they're having um, the Truck Series Friday night, uh, Xfinity Saturday, and then Cup on Sunday. So I, I like this whole thing they're doing because it, I don't know, I feel like it's creating a buzz within Las Vegas. I think this is something that other tracks need to do. I know they've tried to do it at Indianapolis with creating the uh, quarter midget track inside of turn three and trying to do some super late model stuff at um, IRP, uh, the short track over uh, where the Xfinity Series used to race. But I'm, I'm curious to see your opinion on that, if we should see more towns trying to create race weekends such as this. Absolutely. I was actually down in down in Georgia last weekend, and, um, you know, on the, on the way up, I, you know, stopped in Atlanta on race day, and I thought, I thought there could have been – 
could have been more buzz created. You know, it was still a, still a great time though. It was my first time ever, ever being, ever even seeing Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, what Vegas does have going for it, you're right, is just how much of a, of a destination it is, that it draws the tourists in, and. F- as far as the actual racing itself, another thing that Vegas has going for it is it's a much smoother track than Atlanta is, which I think will maybe help ease this new rules package a bit because Atlanta, they've talked about repaving that for seemingly a decade now, whereas Vegas is much smoother. So I think that'll help with with the transition to the full-blown new package this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just... You know, I'm a big fan of creating new opportunities for not only just old fans to get back into the sport, but, you know, just just creating more buzz around the sport. You know, going back to a few weeks ago when they had Barstool at the Daytona 500 and all the content they put up there, you know, say what you want about Barstool and the Stoolies, but it created a lot of buzz for the Daytona 500 for people who maybe um, didn't watch NASCAR before, you know. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but the Boston DC markets, which predominantly have a lot of barstool followers, uh, had a 32% ratings increase from television. So, like, you know, stuff like this where you're getting fans that maybe not NASCAR fans, maybe they're dirt fans or, you know, just fans of the, the going to watch local track racing. You know, I think events at, you know, local tracks outside of the big speedway. Um, might be a move that a lot of tracks need to look at in the future to um, maybe just grab more fans and increase attendance in the stands. Absolutely. And and one guy that we haven't seen much of anything this year, and I'm I want to hear what your take on why we th- why you think he's been so quiet this year. Bubba Wallace. Yeah, I don't know. He's really not had a good – he didn't really have a good speed weeks. He was really kind of moseying around mid-pack and got caught up in that wreck in the 8-10-500. Um, to be honest, I just think Richard Petty uh, Racing's their, – their equipment just isn't that good. Um, it's, it's pretty consensus among the fan base and myself that uh, for Bubba Wallace to – realistically or realistically try and get a win he probably had to leave uh richard petty motorsports um and try and find a maybe a higher quality ride such as maybe wood brothers if that were to ever open up and that stuff but um yeah he's he's struggling uh with his equipment i mean it's we thought it was a chevy thing last year with the way the new camaro was handling but you know jtdg JTG, uh, Daughtry Racing, and Chip Ganassi Racing seem to have no problems at Atlanta getting up to the front, and even RCR with Daniel Hammerhurst. So um, I just I just think it might be uh, his equipment and Bubba's lack of experience. I mean, people forget uh, he was out of a car for almost half a season before he went into the Cup Series last yeah, year. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I think lack of experience and equipment is, is kind of um, kind of hindering them, but Hopefully he starts picking it up because he's a just even personality wise and, and just being um, an African American and NASCAR is just really good for the sport and uh, really good for exposure, and especially him being in the forty three. So I'm hoping he picks it up. It could be could be this weekend. He's pretty good at play track. So 
Yeah, and I like his I like his buddy Ryan Blaney to do to do well this weekend too. Yeah, I do too. He won the bowl last year exactly in the, uh, in the spring race, and he's a guy that I I wouldn't say needs a big year, but I mean he he needs to start winning because he's I mean talent wise he's a championship caliber driver. Yes, you, you thought out of him last season he was up there winning stages left and right, but just couldn't get wins when it counted. So I. I think he really needs to start winning and keeping up, uh, keep up with Joe Logano and Brad Keselowski. But he's another guy. I mean, I think this is his fourth full-time year in Cup, like fifth year driving cars. So, I mean, he he's found the speed. He's just he's just got to find ways to close out races. Yeah, absolutely. Got to find got to find find a way to finish strong. And just to let you all know, we actually will not have a podcast next week due to. You know, Major League Baseball spring training obligations going going down south to cover some of that stuff. Ben is, and Ben, you wanna you wanna tell the tell the people what we're gonna be doing instead? Uh, yeah. So we'll be probably giving you a short race reaction uh, Sunday night or Monday uh, morning to you know just get get your winners and losers from us, uh, your weekly winners and losers, and then uh, probably around Thursday or Friday you can expect to. Uh, hear who we think uh, is going to win the race and uh, see who uh, we have for our eliminators. Still give you that, uh, our segments to keep along, uh, follow along at home, but uh, just a little short and condensed uh, due to my um, commitments at spring training next week. Sounds good. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at DropTheHammerPD, and then you can find the episodes of the podcast here on SoundCloud and YouTube. Appreciate you all for listening.